Ja, ja, ja. Bra, bra. Domcast episode 80 with Southpaw in the house. What is up? How's it going? We got Chris, first time here. How's it going? First time. Bauer. Not my first time. Not your first time. And actually... Always feels like the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like the first time. Uh, I feel like, uh, honestly, this podcast, we really weren't homies or knew each other at first. But now I feel like we're really good friends. Yeah, really quick. Yeah, really quick. It was kind of odd that we didn't meet each other before this, which was weird. Or maybe we didn't, don't remember. Possibly. Yeah. That's one thing I was literally just thinking about earlier today. You ever go back on, you know how Facebook forces you to relive (laughs) old memories? Memories of your life, bad or good. (laughs) You can Uh, turn that off, actually. Yeah, I, well, I really? don't. Though. No, I didn't sometimes know. I'm like, it hurts so good. <laughs> sometimes you want to turn it off. Other times you're like, look, what in good shape I used to be in seven years ago. And then really depressing. No, don't be. Yeah, don't be. So we got Sal Paul. We got um, singers, guitar players here right now. Uh, and you have some stuff coming up. Let's plug this right now. Let's get this because we're about to go really kooky, I think. And we're going to get into some interesting topics but let's plug first off southpaw which the new single you just heard we'll play a little bit later as well uh you're gonna hear this where and when uh well that song is called runaway it's gonna be our first single i don't have a release date yet but if you want to listen to a version of it that's not completely mastered um and finally mixed yet you can go to soundcloud soundcloud soundcloud.com slash bowser b-o-w-z-i-r Slash Runaway. There you go. Um, and just listen to it on there. You can jam it on there. We will be playing it uh, in about, what, two weeks? We got a show coming up. All right, two weeks at Limelight, San Antonio, Texas. Limelight. 2718 North St. Mary Street. St. Mary Strip. And who's playing with y'all? That, we, it's going to be a fun night. We So we have um, uh, the band Novalux. Okay. With Chris and Rick, they're going to yeah. be um, headlining the night. Good people. We are going to play uh, right before them, and then we have a new band that we haven't actually gotten to meet in person yet, but we're a big fan of their music. They sound great. They're called Present. Uh, you spell it P R S N T. Okay, and they can find you uh, find them on Instagram and yeah, all three of those Present. bands: Novalux, Southpaw, and Present. I would check them out on. I'm a big Insta fan. Like, I love Insta because you can actually Instagram, see what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, and, and see their stories and stuff. All three of them are really great with their stories and everything. Um, check them out on that. But Present's going to be opening up the night. The doors are going to open at 8. Tickets are going to be 5 bucks at the door. That's 5 it. bucks at the door. You can't beat that. St. Mary's Strip on a Thursday. Great day. Date one more time. It is going to be... November 14th. November 14th. Tickets $5. Uh, doors open at 8. Uh, first band present is going to start at 9. We'll also, kick off the night. Um, present just released a sick music video. Really good quality. Got to check it out. Mm-hmm. Where, where's that available at? Uh, I saw it on Facebook. You can Actually, no. I saw it on YouTube. It was one of my recommended videos. So Oh, nice. Tight. They're killing it. And the headlining band, Novalux, they just released a, a new single. That if you listen to it, it'll get stuck in your head for the end of time. Nice. <laughs> About three or four days ago. And I was talking with Chris, their lead singer, the other day. Because uh, we're kind of getting ready for this 
show coming up. And I don't know if it's uh, 100% confirmed. He said they're going to drop another one right before the show. Oh, wow. Man. So they're doing some work. Yeah. We're kind of all in the same um, producer we- studio family. Okay. Because we have done everything under Mac Damon. and Shout Colin out Mac Holiday. Damon. Mac I Damon. love Mac. He listens to Shout out Mac Damon, best producer in San Antonio. Hands down. And that's at Stone Creek Sounds. And then one of the guys on his team, uh, Gabe Garces, uh, is the guy that has done everything for Novalux. So in passing over the last like two years when we've been doing our stuff, I've just seen Gabe working on everything with Chris and Rick and uh, hearing their stuff. And now you're actually getting to see it come out. I would go check them out. Uh, their guitarist, Rick, is one of those guys that has a pedal board that looks like Rick uh, Rick Cantu. Yeah. I think it's Rick Cantu the third, or he does macaroni and all that name. too. He's <laughs> got one of those names. Gastronom, uh, gastro, something. Rick Cantu's awesome. Yeah, the guy shreds guy. and rips. He doesn't need pedal boards, but he does it because he's just. I think he just got bored with playing normal guitar and sounds. I think so. Well, he's really into. He's one of those guys that other, uh, like myself and Chris, we're both guitar players. We appreciate guys like that because they kind of go off and do the research. Yeah. Ahead of time. We're both. Well, you, I mean, Chris uses more pedals than I do, but, um, knit or, um, sorry, Rick, his pedal board looks like, you know, back when computers were like way bigger than they <laughs> needed to be. Yeah. Blinking lights. Yeah. Yeah. Blinking it's, lights. It's and insane. And yeah, one the of the AC on fucking 60 cause they'd overheat. Yeah. yeah one of the, uh, one of the Southpaw songs that we did, uh, called Bender, which we'll release in a, in a few months. Um, like he brought his whole pedal board, pedal board in, Damn. and he was like, "Look at all this stuff. Let's just let's just mess with it, and let's just figure out." And he has stuff that you can't even f- uh, think of the sounds and everything. Anyways, the single that they just released, uh, it's really cool. If you listen to all of the, there's a lot of ambience in the beginning. There's a lot of really cool sounds and everything. Yeah, everything is from his guitar. Amazing. It's crazy. Lucky yeah. son of a gun. Yeah. So. Anyways, I that's put, coming up. Yeah, I can't put myself uh, like y- I'm sitting in front of two actual musicians <laughs> slash guitar players. Like to me, I just play guitar. I, I'm not a musician in my head. Uh, it's just kind of like something I could play. So when it started for y'all, like what was I Bauer? We've talked about your musical influence. I want to know, Chris, like what made you pick up a six string in the first place? Okay, so funny story. Um, in uh, third grade, I started off with piano lessons. Okay. And then um, one day, my uncle just gave me an electric guitar. It was a PV. Um, yeah. No amp. He's just like, hey, uh, my friend is getting rid of this. He's doing some house cleaning, and he has this guitar, and he's getting rid of it. Do you want it? And I'm like, sure, I'm down. Guitar is cool. It's a fun thing to play. Um, and I just played on that. And um, that was like probably like what, fifteen? I was fifteen at the time. Yeah. And then um, after that, then I joined. I was I was in a little group. We had, were a little garage band, and we played like. Did you go to high school together? Like. Um, just how, how no, no, no. Oh, actually, yeah. Um, I was homeschooled, and there was a little network of uh, people. Homeschool kids. Yeah. <laughs> homeschool posse. But we still like we were like, hey, uh, let's let's do this uh, technical death metal band or whatever, and so <laughs> we just dude. started the chugs. Um, chin, chin, chin. 
Dude, yeah, shout I, out to Stephen Nollerkamp because he always make fun of me because I would always play blues guitar and when you wanted me to play technical like breakdowns, the chugs I could <laughs> never get him down. He was like, "It's three three three, stop. Yeah, two two, stop. One, back to three three three." And I was yeah. like, chun, 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 chun. "You're off." Yeah, that's it's one of the hardest things to nail. Like all those like gent bands who do like that shit that you can never even like replicate. Um, props to them. Yeah, dude, very hard. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a commitment. It is. <laughs> that's what I think there's a difference between being the Olympics of music and then being creative. Like, that's where I, when I used there to have, is. like, a metal, I used to use a LTD with active EMGs, and uh-huh, I was doing too. sweeps and all that. Yeah. Like I never to, got the sweeps down. <laughs> I got, like, some five-string sweeps down. They were not great. It wasn't at any level that would, you know, prosper anymore. But... It was the idea, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to my roots. Like, what am I doing? Try to be the fastest guy on guitar? Like, that's never going to happen. I'm not eating Vave Malmsteen. Like, I'm like, (laughs) let me just go back to my roots. And it's like simple blues chord Uh progressions. That's the shit I love. For sure. So that was very much the same uh, story with me. Like, we had our fun. We did this gent direction. It was fun. Um, But then, you know, we slowed down. We grew up a little bit. Not to say that, like, you know, gent is, like, whatever but um i was like i can never be on that level and so i decided to go just like kind of a chill direction like indie vibe mm-hmm. and so i went there um and that's kind of what like got me into like pedals and stuff just okay. like overdrives reverbs delays and stuff but honestly like what really kicked it off was um one time i visited uh brcc Yes, Bandera Road Community Church, San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, and I went to a service, and I saw a worship leader and, like, this guy around my age just, like, jamming on a guitar, and I was like, dude, I could totally do that stuff. Like, I have, like, all these, like, inspirations in my head, and yeah. um, I actually talked with, like, a leader. I was like, hey, um, let me – is there a way that I can talk with the dude leading it to see if I can maybe try out or whatever? And – um you know, one thing led to another, and this guy, like, he took me under his wing and, like, really taught me, like, how to be a functional musician. Which is a very, it, it's, it sounds like it's simple, but it's not. No, absolutely you not. You have you to gotta, work on your chops every day. You're learning. Your own self, and then also, like, the biggest thing is um, listening to what other people are doing and how to compliment them. Not do your own thing show off yeah, or now, now this is what i love about southpaw though y'all have such a unique sound it's like you are doing this rock funk it's like sometimes i hear parts of Ghostland <laughs> in it then i hear parts of like zeppelin in it then i hear just parts where i'm like oh god i don't know it's like something so new to me i don't think san antonio's heard anything like y'all sound definitely not um well we I, after after he was at that church yeah. Did you go to City Church after that? Um, no, like, that that was City Church at uh, Bandera, and then um, that's where I learned kind of my chops, how to play with everyone. And then um, someone was like, "Hey, this uh, this church uh, Life Point, they need someone to fill in." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm already down. I got the I know a lot of the songs that you know they're playing and stuff." Mm. And uh, so great is our God. Point. He can do that all day. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, when you're in the when you're in the church world, like yeah, once you know the songs, yeah, it's like, all the we doing same stuff in? cycles for a long time. Okay. And um, so I've been with Life Point for like ten years now, 
And I talked to the guy that recruited you. Yeah. Man, I can't. John, Johnny, uh, Jonathan Russell. Yes, from. Um, um, he was in. Uh, he's in a band too. The law. Uh, what were they called? At the time, the, it was. The adopted uh, kids. No, 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 no. Before that, it was Lonely Servants. Yes. All right. Yes. Yep. Which is also a great band. I don't know if they're still doing anything anymore. I don't, I don't think, think they so. are. No. But I basically I reached out to him, and I was like, "Hey, man, I need to uh, fill a void. We need another guitarist, somebody that's familiar with a lot of church work." And he sent me his number, and we got him on board, Chris on board, and um, that was what three years ago. Four. That was before my son was born. Oh dang! And that's how we that's how we first met. So we first met playing together at church, and it was one of those things where, you know, kind of a bromance kind of developed. Just like (laughs) yeah, you know, you play Sundays every once in a while. It's also one of those things where, like, in the church world, you're playing with a different team every single week. That's true. And um, there's certain players that you play better with. Yeah, and so I I found Andrew, and he was cool. I I didn't know of. Andrew's potential for a long time because I came out of City Church and I was like, yeah, I just, I just play leads. That's what I'm most comfortable with. Um, and Andrew was just like super down with anything. I was like, hey, yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't like playing leads. I I like playing rhythm, but I can. And so, I mean, we were just dealing with this <laughs> recently. So with all the Southpaw stuff yeah. that we do, I he does ninety percent of the lead work, and I awesome. do a lot of rhythm. I've I just rhythm's closer to my heart because i like being closer to the beat like i love rhythm yeah. i love bass i love as close to the foundation the r&b baby yeah i like you're the usher, I like all that stuff. <laughs> you're the usher of this genre i don't even know what to call genre the south pot is i don't know it's either man we're still trying to figure that yeah. out it's so unique that's why i want everyone to listen to it yeah so much and like even even uh if people do listen to that first single that first single we're gonna have uh, a five song ep that's gonna come out in 2020 um, and that doesn't sound like any of the other songs. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I showed you some of the demos. Yeah, um, and we've been working on it together. What we tried to do is we tried to just first off, we met. We just really meshed really well. Um, we both love each other's influences and ideas and everything. Mm-hmm. And we were like, why can't we just throw all the stuff? Yeah, in a into, pot and make it a work. bowl and just try and see what comes out of it. On on that point, your biggest I want to hear y'all's two biggest guitar influences. I'll tell you mine if you want. Yeah. Like Steve Ray Vaughn is the reason I wanted to play guitar and Jimmy Page is why I wanted to be in a band. And when I very first heard Steve Ray Vaughn was on a road trip to Missouri and I thought he was black and alive <laughs> and then we got to Red Hot and Blue in Missouri and it, my dad's like, "Oh, that's Stevie Ray on the wall, and he was white and dead, and it blew my yeah. mind. <laughs> and I didn't know that. And then, but I got into it. Texas Flood. I started trying to learn note for note. Yeah. And then I didn't want to be in a band until I heard Zeppelin. And I was like, Oh my God, Jimmy Page! I want to kill it. Well, he had all the style. The only thing about Jimmy Page that I swear to God, like I, every time I look at him, that I, I cannot. Ha- I wear my strap up a little bit high. Mm. He wears it Super like low. a metal player. Yeah. Like he's playing bass for Metallica, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> how? And he's still floor. doing it at, at what is he in his seventies? Yeah. And I'm like, how do you hold a guitar that way and get your get all your notes in? Like for sure, yeah. Like there's like that hand position, like where it's if it's down low, like you're. I'm struggling personally to like do what I want to do. Like if I could play um, comfortably, like without everyone anyone watching me, I would look like a freaking 
college music major, just like up on my chest, just like. See, I I play so separate. I play low, like I play yeah. super low. Um, I just rap. I don't use the thumb technique, and I just kind of like my thumb's never on the back of the neck, yeah. and I just kind of go over and I just play low. Yeah, that's and then not the case. Like. For those oh, that whoa. can see, like, what the fuck? I'm okay, a freaking we're not on a, angle. We're not on a video, but your <laughs> thumb is pointing the other way. Is that normal? It's uh, the Did double jointed it? thing. No, it's just you double jointed like that. Yeah, I guess all your fingers. No, just just thumbs. Just what so the it allows me to like fuck? anchor right here, and I can just do whatever. Oh my That's god. <laughs> he killed in middle school at thumbs up, seven up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. That's wild. Okay, Chris, what is your biggest guitar influence? Oh, or dude, who? that's so hard. Um, pick one that was like, because pick one that's like, we're musicians, so when we listen, well, y'all are musicians, I just play guitar. Uh, like, when you hear a song and you picture you playing the, like, solo, what band is it? Oh, man, that's the most difficult. Because, like, I like a lot of different artists for different things. Um you Everyone know, like, says that. I like everything. I'm like, I have an eclectic taste. <laughs> and it changes. Every I don't day. know. Like, I guess right now. Um, no, the first one that sparked it. Okay, first one that sparked it. I was really into um, probably Children of Bodom. Oh. Alexi Leho. He just shred. I forgot like, about blah, blah, blah. that. Yeah. And he got Good those. Band. Like, yeah, yeah. Super. Great that, band. That's what, you know, kind of inspired a lot of. Um, the chugging. chugging. And then another one I don't know if y'all know about it. Um, is what inspired my our our um, high school garage band was a band called Knives Exchanging Hands. Super just like techy uh, riffs and stuff, and the dudes could shred and stuff. But like it wasn't like the typical breakdowns. Actually, in high school, like we were like, yeah, breakdowns are lame. Um, sort of all the, like uh, hardcore or um, yeah. Whatever. It was real. Like, guitar players when I was in high school were playing, like, Blink 182, and I was trying to learn Black Dog. And <laughs> I was just like, I, was, I don't know. Now I have a new appreciation for, like, Blink 182. Like, I listen to their greatest hits now. Somehow I know everything. I mean, Tom, Tom had to carry a whole guitar sound with one guitar. And so a lot yeah. of his stuff was very, um, I guess I would describe it as open voicing with, like, bass notes dancing around and open voicing yeah for a lot of his stuff like a lot of the big uh stuff and everything and i mean now he's more into aliens and <laughs> yeah apparently he's getting invited to the pentagon and yeah that's i mean when i heard about that if that is true i'm happy for him <laughs> because that seems like something that he's been he's a trying tinfoil, for a yeah. long time he's a tinfoil hat. and also i will not go see them without him true. like i love that or who's the other guy he's from that other band um He's from another band from that era. Um, the but guy that's in there, but he's the not Tom. No, no. And the so and the songs that Tom sings, you can't replace him with mm -hmm. somebody else because he's the only person that sounds like Tom. Everybody else tried to sound like, yeah. Where are you? Mm -hmm. And like all that stuff. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> I cannot sleep. I cannot eat tonight. Yeah, you right? can't recreate that. That's pure nostalgia. Somebody yeah, no. Speaking of that, like uh, I heard that. My Chemical Romance is coming back together. True. And so is Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, um, it was funny, like, back in the day, like, I knew of Rage Against the Machine. And I was like, oh, their stuff's okay. And I, know I was like, a huge big mistake. Rage fan, dude. Bro, Tony Hawk. But the Tony guitarist. Tony Hawk soundtrack. 
Tony Hawk soundtracks inspired like Goldfinger. And then you'd like go off the ramp, break through the window, get the fucking extra board or coins or whatever the hell it was. That was before you could manual because you couldn't manual. You couldn't manual that. So the second one you could manual. You had to keep it. Oh, dude, Tony. Well, skateboard videos in general. I remember watching. Oh, what was the one? They were like always at the cross. I can't even remember the skateboarder's name right now. But Chris Cole skated for him uh, at yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember just watching skateboard videos and learning songs. I remember uh, Chris Cole skated to uh, "Renegade" by Styx, and it was like, "Oh, mama, I'm in fear for it's my life from the long." Yeah. And he's just like black and white, just skating out. Oh, and next thing you know, I'm a Styx fan. You well, know? that's how I feel like that was, so much of that stuff works. Like those games back in the day created the palette for so many kids that are now adults now. And th- now they have kids. Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, that's the only reason that I knew about Rage is because I heard Gorilla Radio on. Oh, yeah. Tony Hawk 2, yeah. I think. Or it might have been one. No, I think Gorilla Radio is 2 for sure. Um, and then I heard Bulls on Parade. Yeah. And then that was right when when I forget what age I was, but I was I was I a played kid. bass for that at a talent show in high school Bulls on Parade with my boy Clayton. Shout out Clayton. How'd y'all do? Oh, they did great. <laughs> That's why I played bass. <laughs> <laughs> so on the whole on the rage thing, um, what got me like super into the guitar recently, and I guess I could have picked it out earlier, but the guitar player he plays a telly. Yeah. And he plays like those hardcore Morello. riffs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Tom Morello. He just like slaps on the neck pickup, which is like my favorite pickup on a telly. And he just like is super tasteful with it. Like, you know, just like hardcore riffs on that thing. Like, you know geez, what? dude. Well, after this, let me let I'll, I'll let you plug in my strat and it'll change your life. Oh, yeah, I, I know strats are beautiful. Dude, you got if you got to hear this guy. <laughs> I know. Hey, I have a 1979. There's an Antigua 1979. I'm down. And I just run, I'm not. I run it through a crybaby and a uh-huh. Marshall. Sure, sure. That's yeah, all I need. That's all you need. And a lot of times I use a crybaby not for the wah, but for tone. Uh huh. So like I can bring it up, I can bring it down. I don't have to switch things, pickups. But if I want to get all weird with it, yeah. like do some slash shit, you can't. Uh huh. But I once I started playing that guitar, dude, can't go back to anything else. Yeah. And that that was the thing for me, like with Telly's, like I just fell in love. Um, See, I, can never well, do I, a telly I knew you when you got like your Gretsch. your one now. Or oh, wait, what? The Yo, telly. Gretsch? Well, he has a I Telly now. To. That's why I started Hollow off. In, uh, it used to be like when I started at that church life point, I had the Gretsch, <sighs> and then this uh, worship leader came in and he had my exact guitar, and I was just like that, just like flipped a switch, and I was like, nope, need another one. And so <laughs> <laughs> another guitar. Actually, fun, cool story. Um, another guitarist in Life Point. He's in uh, Natalie Rose, great duo, and she sings country. Yeah, She's country, incredible. country band. And um, this guy had this guitar, and like for some reason, I was like, "Hey, dude," because uh, we became really pretty good friends. And I was like, "Hey, we should switch guitars for a week, and just because I really I like that telly, and we should just switch and just see what happens." And dude, like. First couple of days, I started like playing. I got down on some like explosion in the sky stuff, like Ooh. super like hella reverb on that neck pickup, and I was like, dude, I kind of need it. 
I kind of need a guitar. Like, can we do like a trade? And like he was, pink slips for cars over here. Yeah, and guitar he was like, pink slips. He was totally down. By the way, Bauer's wearing an awesome pink fucking hoodie, oh, yeah, and I'm kind of jealous of it, but it's awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I hope it's the color of your nips. But yeah, no. Um, and we we did just like a, a hard <laughs> trade, and dude, like that's that's what I use on Southpaw. Um, what I love from the Gretsch was the tremolo and just like the open sound, but like I could achieve that um, through like reverbs and stuff, like with the telly. See, maybe you wouldn't like my guitar then, because it's a straight, heavy, old school Strat. I mean, There's, we both have we both have an eclectic like. Yeah. We 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 do only use certain things. For what we're trying to do, yeah. Um, he now uses that telly, mm-hmm. and I use a jag, and yeah. we kind of just work off of each other. Like I said, he does most of the lead on the record. Uh, we use an American Strat for a lot of the stuff. We were trying to get kind of like a, uh, like a 1975 kind of vibe and stuff. Too, and like and we still <laughs> actually have a lot of yeah. stuff to do on there. Um, and it's one of those things where like if you don't plan it out ahead of time. Well, actually, you shouldn't plan it out ahead of time. If you're going into the studio and you're like, okay, we're going to work you on this. You want the juices to flow naturally. Yeah, you're like, let's find the tone and the, and, the, and, the, and the style and everything and stuff. Mm-hmm. And with Mac, he switched to, you guys know what Kemper is? Yeah. Which is like. I don't. So, so usually back in the day, there and you can still still do it there at Stone Creek and everything. I mean, they have amps and heads for days. They got orange. They got divided. Shout out Mac Damon. 13. But what nowadays. And the people that that made this really huge were the guys from Periphery, yeah, that metal band. What they use Axe Effects. Axe Effects is a company okay. that does what's it's called Kemper, and it's a digital kind of a thing. And it's and it, so basically all you have to do as a guitarist on stage is you're just plugged in. You can be wireless or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're into the 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 Kemper. It's like effects. old school Line Six or something. It's like that Line on six steroids, something like that. Like it's kind of up there but now. But it's way better. Yeah. Okay. It's way better, and you, and you don't have to do anything. No pedals or anything. They will they will uh, mitigate all your sounds and everything to the the certain mm. parts of the song. Everything is planned for you. That's kind of crazy. So on the changes, yeah. your guitar is changing for you, uh-huh. without pressing anything. That's wild. Um, but we started to use that in the studio because it became more time efficient. Yeah. And like, it, it okay. sounds really good now. Um, what's awesome about the Kemper and all those modeling amps is like, you know, you get all those different kinds of brands and styles and stuff like at your fingertips through one unit. Yes. Like I remember like when line six came out, you could use a Marshall mm-hmm. cab. Yeah, exactly. I think they've refined it a little bit and but actually I'm you know, sure um, they have. I line mean, six has definitely like caught up in their like their own thing. Like the line six. I don't Helix even know and, anymore. All I know is like my, my roommate Rinaldi plays better guitar than I do. Like I've not been on my guitar game as much. I can still play it and pick it up sure. and rip it, but I don't know the trends, you know, yeah. I don't know what's popping. That's why I, I need to ask y'all, you know. And so what um Mac does like, you know, he has uh Kemper and he you know, just for like recording and studio purposes, like he can just like recall like whatever kind of amp he's got profiles and stuff. And he no <laughs> just like, pull up any kind of exactly. And like, and they're very like, you know, side by side comparison, like almost identical. Like they react just the way that each individual amp would yeah, react it's to your just playing. Just now, I would say over the last two years, mm-hmm. gotten to the point where 
it's now like you can do one or the other mm. as opposed to back before you were like nah screw this i want to bring in my amp i want to bring mm-hmm, in my yeah. head i want to load it up let's put it in the back room let's turn it to 11 yep. let's yeah. mic it up mm-hmm. and that's how i'm going to get the best tone and now it's just not like that no mm-hmm. and it, it, all music's changed like that every everything became midi and it's just what it is like mm-hmm. i i i would bust nuts over uh orange heads on Marshall oh, cabs. Oh yeah, for sure. Like that was my favorite combo. An uh-huh. orange head on a Marshall cab. Loved it. Chunky. But you don't need anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Just No, you don't. And um actually th- so I run through an AC30 uh for my amp which I bought from him. <laughs> yeah. Which he had nice. and it was a funny thing cuz he kind of gave me a burden cuz it's like yeah. 70 pounds. It, it's 80 I think. And I was like, dude, I just need to get rid of this thing. Cause it, yeah. Cause I know that was my main amp. Um, you back don't roll that thing around. Yeah, like it was just a chore, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna sell it to this guy, and I played with him. It's a, it's a great amp. It wasn't like I was getting some crappy, but it was just so much, so much to lug around. Yeah. And now three years later, now I have one shoulder way bigger than the other. And uh-huh. Definitely. Yeah. Th- but my tone well, is great. Also <laughs> happened with like a heavy guitar. Like, yeah. That well, that's happen. why. I th- that's that. When I was a kid. I think that played an instrumental role, and we were talking about like guitar influences. That played a really big role in what guitar I played, because when I was a kid, and you're like, when I started playing when I was 13, and you're 13, 14, and you go to Guitar Center, yeah, and you pick up a Les Paul, and you're like, crap, dude, this is half my body weight, or it yeah. feels like it. Yeah, it's like a 12 pound c- yeah. guitar, and you're like, what am I gonna do with this? And then you pick up like a like a Strat or a Fender or something like yeah. that. And just as a kid, not even understanding anything about tone, electronics, signal, anything like that, you're just like, ah, oh, this feels better because it just it's like going is not bowling. weighing me down as much. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A 12-pound ball or a 6-pound ball. Exactly. Um, I don't know how big of a role that played in, but I do remember that's why uh, when I first played in Black Market Club beforehand. Shout out Black Market Club. Shout out. Um the first guitar I played in that band was a, I think I talked about this a PRS, Tremonti. Yes, name. we talked about Tremonti. The whole reason I picked up that actually show. we talked about that off mic. I don't think we ever talked about that on mic. Okay, well the first the first guitar I ever played with Black Mark Tremonti was on Creed. Then he had Ultra Bridge. He was great. He did some crazy stuff back in the day. But when I bought that guitar, I didn't know that. I didn't know who I. I, I kind of knew who he was because I knew Creed, but mm-hmm. I didn't know he was the guitarist for Creed. And I just saw that it was a Chimani singer. But the reason I, I picked it is, so that day, I remember. It was on the cover of every guitar player magazine <laughs> man, for like three years. Yeah, I went to, Sam, I went to either Sam Asher yep. Guitar Center or whichever one, and um, I was playing through a bunch of different ones, and it was the lightest one I could find. Yeah. And it was super fast. Like super fast, and I'm not a shredder. I'm like, I'm not trying to kid myself. It wasn't like it was gonna do many anything good, but it had the. It was like, you know, if you're getting in cars and you're in like an old, you know, yeah, Ford that's the, or a Buick that's well, like no, like a car without heavy. like um, you know, power steering or something. Exactly. Versus getting another one, and then I was just like, man, I just zip and zoom. If I'm gonna buy a guitar, and uh, of course when you're younger and you're that was like my first guitar guitar. And I was like, uh, I'm going to have this forever. I only had it for two years, but I thought I was going to have it forever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if I want this around my neck at this weight for that time. And so I learned on that and everything. But then over time, I just 
fell back into the the fender thing and stuff. We're both kind of in that. So my fender, what I love about it is it was right before they called it a Frankenstein because yeah. it was right before they shipped it all out to Japan. Uh-huh. So in 1979, the Fender shop in California was basically putting together these Frankenstein guitars. Mm-hmm. And the one I have, only 25% had a rosewood neck. I like rosewood necks because I like deeper tones. Yeah. I could tell you like tellies and you like playing neck uh, pickup. So yeah. I like you, you like more twangy, brighter sounds. Yeah. Um, I was always a blues player. So that's all I really do is blues guitar. And, so I like the darker, deeper, sure, warm sure, sure. sounds. Now this thing, though, what I can tell, like when I got it, it came. <laughs> I bought it. I found one in Missouri in some little shop wow. online, and it was the only one for sale. Cause a Fender came out with like an Antigua, like twenty or I don't remember what anniversary it was, and they did every model they did in the Antigua white, and the Antigua white was supposed to be like this gold-looking thing. But the paint fucked up on it, and it turned into this gray, weird color. So for collectors, it's rare. But some people think it's ugly. Some people think it's nice. I like it. Um, I think it was my dream guitar. I pay insurance on it. I fucking love this thing. Um, But the old school Fenders, before they shipped out in Japan, are heavy. So if you pick up my Fender right now, Mm -hmm. like it feels like a Gibson. Yeah. And in the back... Most fenders have four bolts. Yeah. Right? On the back. This is three bolts. Oh, yeah. It's a three bolt, and then they have a tuning peg. And you huh. could use to put in basically like, you know, one of those screwdrivers you use to fix your glasses or something? Yeah. There's a tool similar to that, and you put it in, and you could adjust your bridge. Really? At home. Yeah. Type. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I kind of want to, like, bring it out right now. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Sweet Jesus. Uh, what's kind of interesting, um, back on whole like whole um, Andrew's rig thing and tone and everything, was that mm-hmm. the and- uh, the um, guitar that Andrew uses now is the Jag. And I think I remember him saying he wasn't a huge fan of it. He was playing a telly for a long time. Yeah, but like, that. since I got him his, uh, or I sold him the AC30, that AC30 just turned that Jag tone into like, craziness the mix of it is incredible because the ac30 breaks up and it, especially it gets crispy and everything but the jag has a lot of low and a lot of medium mm-hmm. it's just it blends the, it's like cookies and milk dude it's like yeah it's really good coffee yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i think i think i'm gonna stick with it for a while um and i i also just love playing on it I don't have the biggest hands, and and the Jags have a kind of a smaller neck and everything and stuff. Like we were talking about the thumb stuff. Mm-hmm. My biggest. Um, well, your thumbs just tripped me out. So <laughs> I mean, well, my gets crazy. You're like a highway man, dude. Like that shit yeah, was pointing. Cra- so that, like, what do yours like? No, I broke one of my uh, fucking. Yeah. I, I broke yeah. one of my thumbs once, and it was point. Well, I broke these oh, fingers playing s- or skateboarding, so my oh, fingers are all geez. weird because of it. This will never go because I broke that knuckle and it'll pop out all weird. Oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Oh, but um, <laughs> my thumbs don't go that way. But like, dude, that's just wild that you can just do that. Yeah, I, I think even my son has that. Oh, you know, g- genetics. genetics are a weird thing, man. <laughs> it's a family of hitchhikers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go places. There you go. Every 
What's that willingness? Well, my no, <laughs> my <laughs> my uh, so my biggest guitar influence from when I was growing up was John Mayer. Yeah, very when I, nice. When I, I first found out that he could, album, amazing. Well, that's if uh, yeah, if, if you're like, do you remember the song Tori too? Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And then St. Patrick's Day. There's like 37 different chords in the song St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I got so into that, al- and he was so different. But his kind of influence was Stevie. It was. Um, but besides that, he, he had that, uh, that kind of raspy voice. So he was trying to do the, the pop thing and everything, yeah. but he has, comes a cold, exactly, but so he was definitely trying to bank on the early two thousands, but he, I can tell from his playing, he does the thing that Stevie does with the big thumb where he uses the thumb. I could play you that or, song right notes, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you this this song is how I got my wife. No. I swear to God. Seriously? Dude, I swear to God. It was this one and, and body. Yes. Your body is the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten years and, ago and, when and I met my wife. Jimmy Jimmy used to use his thumb as the bass note, so yeah, you didn't yeah. even need a bass guitar player. Well, it, their hands are so and use his thumb. Their and hands are so big they can um they can wrap around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so most people most guys play bar chords with the index finger laying over the frets to cover the whole fretboard to bar it off that's why it's called a bar chord yeah uh both john and um stevie and jimmy um yeah had big enough hands where they could wrap their thumb around the top to play that bass note so you ended up playing kind of like the rest of your hand was playing kind of like an open I don't even C. think Stevie had that big of hands he just was weird with it he was like I can he play this beast, anyway man. behind my head behind my back yeah. he didn't care it wasn't about his he just out of all the out of all the guitar gods in the world I would not have envied his um regiments because think about it he's playing really wanted blues in the 90s. Uh, Starting in the 80s, have, blues was dying. Yeah. Metal was huge. They're having him play all the time. He's playing three-hour sets. This is a trio, so he has to carry everything. Yep. He has to sing and stuff. So you, if you just think of just the ergonomics of everything and stuff, man. It, you yeah, know. I mean, like, it allows you to, with that thumb thing, you know, the traditional way, what you were talking about, the index finger, like, you're kind of limited as to what you can do with your other three fingers. But you get that thumb on the root, it allows you four fingers to do whatever kind of chord shapes. Yeah, give that dick root. Yeah. yep. And yeah. it changes how you end up being as guitar a guitar player because you can expand it so much more. And that's mm-hmm. why that's one of the reasons why I loved that. We were talking about rhythm and bass. One of the reasons why I love John is I can tell from him. Uh, it must have been from him being able to do that as a kid and watching Stevie. He thinks bass first. Mm-hmm. So that's like the, the root of it and everything. The, so, the pulse. which is how I I think. Like I love. I love lead and I love, but I I think lead is like the sprinkles on the cake. Yeah, yeah. you have to have the batter, you have to have the foundation, you have the to have the frosting. Sure. You know, and that was one of your strengths is like just being able to call out like chord shapes and or um just like numbers and stuff. Like, yeah. So at the church that we're at, I I do uh, music directing, and he comes in and and he doesn't play with us very much anymore because he now works on Sundays. But uh, we just played yesterday because yeah. we started doing Saturday services. Cause, yeah, because yeah, our, <laughs> our church is growing so much. Yeah. Um, 
And as soon as I saw him on the schedule, I was like, bro. Yeah. It's going I, I down. I geeked out. Yeah, I was like, man, we're going to kill this. And there was a couple songs that we did, and we started writing harmonies for him. Yeah, just like, yeah. We geeked out like crazy. But that's how So that's how we met. Um, we met at LifePoint and um, just kind of subtly became fans of each other. Uh-huh. And I mean, I got you into like the reverb thing. I was like, hey, dude. And I even gave you a reverb pedal. I'm like, dude, just just rock this. Like, it's one of the like half of my pedal board is from him. And the other half is from <laughs> the church and like all the like. I haven't bought any of my pedals. Yeah, I'm gonna just sort of say, how did Busby jump in all this? Um, how was he playing for the church? No, he has one. Or I actually have a funny story about that. So Busby played so my one of my roles at from being at that church for so long is also if we have a void of any instrument for one week i need to find somebody that can fill in and do something so i gotta find a bass player i gotta now i have everything on speed dial mm. but back in the day i was like yeah. just pulling for stuff and one any week kind of session player essentially. one week i needed busby to come in busby's an incredible drum uh uh drummer incredible but mustache incredible incredible beard. mustache incredible <laughs> drummer um uh, Incredible uh, poker face, but <laughs> he had never played in a church before, and so there's a lot of ambiance. There's lo- it's not there is. the you drumming's not as big because you gotta have the Holy Spirit flying through there. Dynamic. And we were doing. I don't think I didn't know Chris wasn't there yet. No. So this is way before Buzzer's there, and he I was like playing. This, this story is a little fresh. My pastor comes up at the end of the worship set, and we that have been there before. We all knew he was gonna come up, and what we got to do behind him was you just got to vibe. And we gotta facilitate the worship and facilitate the aura and everything and stuff. Yeah, because you now, you can you can go multiple choruses. Exactly. Yeah. But so we're going back and forth between chords and stuff and we're just we're just kinda playing off the pastor and he's starting to do a prayer and he's starting to kinda like really get into it and the congregation's getting into it and stuff and it's just you build could really up, feel it. Up, but Busby, um, who had never been in that environment before, <laughs> what he starts doing just is going off. Well, he starts he starts doing crescendos on the cymbals, like shh, shh. Yeah. But he starts doing it like crazy, because he could feel you could feel the congregation was just like really getting into it, kind of borderline Pentecostal, like yeah. Hallelujah, you know, all They're that about stuff. About to bring rattlesnakes out. And, and <laughs> Busby is just like, oh, I think I'm supposed to just make the energy even bigger and stuff. And he was washing his cymbals so loud that our pastor turned around and he was just like. I, the face, the 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 face on him was just like, bro, <laughs> calm down. And yeah. it was the funniest thing in the world. And then afterwards, our pastor's the coolest guy in the world. Afterwards, he's like, hey man, um, that drummer was like really into, like, can you, you know, can you talk to him and everything? So I was like, yeah, I'll talk to him. But I just that needed to happen. That was hilarious. Yeah, um, it's amazing. And, uh, he was feeling it. He was. He was. Yeah. yeah. So it was funny. It's just so crazy how like different worlds are so different. Like there's church gigs and then there's a show on a saturday night oh yeah on the strip and then <laughs> it's just like it's, it's just like when i was in high school roles. it was like i would play at brcc i play at another small church off grissom and tesla and then i play <laughs> at the white rabbit friday nights and it was Dang. like so many weird and then i play jazz band throughout the week at school so it's like compartmentalized right yeah exactly ah, yeah. i can exactly. say it then i didn't fuck it up nailed it yeah you know <laughs> you gotta you gotta come Mm. I'm not gonna try it twice. Okay, don't try again. Yeah, no. <laughs> but but so on that one. so we met playing at Life Point, 
And by the time that, well, within the last three years, I was playing in Black Market and the main writer for Black Market, and we were doing everything. And we were kind of coming to an end because um, our other main guy, Zach, moved to California. He's in L.A. And it was just getting difficult to keep everything alive. And I had this idea for South, I had the idea for Southpaw four years ago. I remember you telling me that. And it was one when of those. you were showing me demos, you're like, I wrote these songs for like years. Yeah, I wrote them a long time ago. And the reason that I kept the name Southpaw is it was back in 2014. And there was that movie that came out with Jake Gyllenhaal and it was called Southpaw. And I saw that. Boxer. I saw the movie. The movie was like, whatever. It was all right. But I just saw the name and I was just like, I just like how that sounds. And I was like, what if, and I'm also, I love New Orleans. I love French spelling. Like, yeah, Saints. Who did? Yeah. <laughs> Breezes. I you was bet. like, what if, you know, what if we just, you know, twist the end yeah. of it so that the suffix, you know, spells that way. And the reason that it is called what it is and that I continued on is because my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, who never liked my music. She, I mean, because half the time I was writing about her and it wasn't the best of things. <laughs> okay, but, that makes sense. Um but she was just never about it. She just also wasn't a big fan of the the sound of us because we were just like straight rock and stuff. She liked EDM. She liked, you know, more mm. other stuff and everything. But I played her a couple songs when she visited this one week. And I was like, I have an idea. And <clears throat> I played her a song that I wrote. And then I told her the name of the project that I was thinking of. And she's like, I I love it. Like, yeah. you need to do this. You need. And just because she said that is the reason why I'm. It's yeah. still a thing. Well, I think it's a very important thing because I I still can't find a band that I can even connect that sounds like y'all. But y'all also gave me some of the sauce early, so I kind of know more than what the public knows. Well, we're going to have difficult... I will tell you just forward, we're kind of... Right now, we're just trying to figure out having shows, trying to get people to listen to us. Yeah. We'll release something in 2020. We're recording. We're still getting to know each other as a band. And we still, I mean, we really don't know what our sound is. Yeah. I wrote all this stuff a long time ago, but there's a difference between you writing stuff and then you get him on it and then you get him on it and yeah, then you then get then Busby changes. on it. And then, and then my Some sister. Some of the stuff reminds me of like Head Automatica. I was like, I, I don't I don't even know. But all y'all's influence is so different because all y'all come from different backgrounds. Yeah. You're playing metal over here. Yeah. Busby's You're, kind of from metal too. Busby is basically a human metronome. Yes. Well, that, okay, so that creative human. Uh, so, th- so that's what happened. So we we met at church, and this this was amidst kind of my falling or not falling out, but we were black market was kind of just you know we were getting ready to be done. It was all a good thing, like it wasn't a negative thing. Um, and I just I brought it up to him. Well, actually, let me get to that in a second. Before I brought it up to Chris, I brought it up to Busby. And I was like, look, I've had this idea for a uh, side project. And the guys in Black Market knew about it ahead of time. Because I've been talking about it for two years. Um, Because I would write songs for Southpaw and I would write songs for Black Market. And I told Busby, after we played our last show, South by Southwest with Black Market, I told Busby, I was like, look, I think I want to really try this now. And I will not do it without you. You have, I got so You trust his chemistry. I got so spoiled with him. Because he is. He's a human metronome. In my first big band, he's our drummer. Yeah. He would literally not only keep us all on time, some of the songs that we have on that uh, first Black Market album, he wrote the voicings for. That's insane. It's great. Like, he has perfect pitch, and uh, and he's also a dick. 
<laughs> but in the best way. <laughs> Like in the in the best way where it was like a militant. See, I guess that's your poker face thing because I never. He's always been cool. Maybe maybe he's a great guy, but if you mess up, Chris now knows yeah, this. Yeah, no, for sure. Like if you mess up in practice, he will tell you. Uh-huh. You will get Perfectionist. it right. Perfectionist. Yeah, me and too. You will get it down. Like that's what he kind of told me um, earlier. I had a conversation with him. Like I am super anal and I overanalyze guitar parts. And stuff, and he knows this. There have been times like Saturdays before church services where, like, I'm like, hey, there's this guitar video demo tutorial thing. Like, hey, can you learn this thing? Very inconveniently. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, Rrr. he's like, uh, okay, I'm, but he's great. He's like, I'm down. And that just put me to ease. But yeah, like, I just pay way, way close attention to parts and details and stuff. And apparently, so is Busby. And he was like, you and Busby are the same in the way just that you're so detail oriented. And that gave me a lot of comfort in the team and stuff. Like, That's good. And so what we did as far as the trajectory of getting everything together is I started off and I said, I need Busby. And it was just me and him for a long time, for a year. When I was, I was writing, I was in the studio, which is also, by the way, so much harder when you're just doing it by yourself yep. as opposed to with five guys. It Definitely. just takes so much longer. Um, especially with like work and life and everything. But um, we get that down and then we get starting close to getting done with these songs. And I'm like, I want to play a show. <laughs> I need a band. Yeah. Like, you, I need a band. And the like whole, all this work, I need the adrenaline. I need a crowd. And originally when I started Southpaw, when I really started it, my idea was I'm going to have a guy girl kind of a vibe. Mm-hmm. I'll sing some songs. And then a girl will sing some songs, lead, yeah. and then we'll split like harmonies and we'll make it like a really beautiful thing. And then we'll just have a great band behind us. And originally, it was going to be two girls and me. One it was me and a girl, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a girl named Marissa who ended up uh, moving closer to Austin. So she, uh, after a while, she helped me write a couple of the songs. Nice. She's on that song, Runaway. She's actually on it. Um, but uh, she ended up moving, and so uh, she was she wasn't yeah, able to make work. anything. So she the other girl is now. my sister, yeah, um, whose name is Dana, and it was kind of a shout also out Dana shout out Dana, Dana Bauer. It was also a, a kind of a family dream of mine because I come from a musical family, and she had done bands and I had done bands, and we always kind of we really we're like out of the we're out of four siblings, and out of the four we're closer than the other once and we always wanted to do something together um and this is just our shot it to do it out. so it's me busby dana um and then i talked to chris and i was like bro i need your guitar like i need you to get on your i influence. need your glorious but like jesus you know, tone <laughs> coming from like you know because we're all adults and have wives and families and jobs and stuff and I was like, man, like he denied I, me at first. Yeah. I was like, no, I can't do it. I got way too much, you Ooh. know, other priorities yeah. going on. Turn he down. Gave me, on he the gave me a hard state. no. He hard. gave me a hard no when me giving him a hypothetical, like, hey, what if? Yeah. And I was I like, man. <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I, I can't. Like, there's just too much stuff going on in my life. I'm getting the family together, trying to figure out my priorities and stuff. Um, And he just he just kind of kept on me. But like, honestly, deep down in my heart, I was like. I would love. Chris was that hot girl at the bar <laughs> that turned <laughs> me down the first night. 
He turned me down the first night, but I knew there was like we had a connection, uh-huh. <laughs> and I knew if I just kind of kept at him, yeah, yeah, you'd win. Like him first over. couple times, um, you know, I talked about it with my wife, and she was like, "I don't know, you got a lot of stuff," and I was like, "Yeah, you're right, we gotta get priorities and stuff." But then, you know, I Sunday after Sunday, Andrew would talk to me, and I'm like. Oh, dude, dude. I kept showing him all the stuff that we were recording. Yeah, yeah. and I'm it's like, so hey man, juicy this is and good. It's like, why not be a part of this? I was like, it's like a paella. I want to jump so in. Let me be a little bit. Of I was like, this scallop. is here if you want Maybe it. Be a little shrimp. Yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, okay. So I'm gonna sell it to my wife. Like, you know, I'll help you out this first show. Do some recordings if you need it. And dude. that's when I knew I had him. <laughs> I knew I had him as soon as he's like, okay, I'll play this first show. And I'm like, bro, I'm gonna make the. I didn't tell him this. I was like, I'm gonna make this first show the best. And it was freaking show you've ever been, and yeah. it was it was an incredible show. It was show. insane, like just like that was you know coming from um, high school bands. I'm sorry, I didn't, I wasn't ever a part of any like just hitters, you know. Yeah, like, I like you say those hitters, baby. Yeah. We sold I, out. We sold, sold out. out when we played, we played, we covered. Hopefully, gonna sell out November 14th yeah. at the Limelight. You mm-hmm. you are gonna mm-hmm. sell out at the Limelight. Don't worry, Limelight, San Antonio, Texas, November 14th, Southpaw. If you're not seeing them, and uh, I don't know what you're, what you're doing with your life. It's a Thursday, baby. Thursday don't go to Brass Monkey. <laughs> don't go to Thursdays. Go you can go to Brass Monkey, but get and to then the come Limelight over to the show. Walk across the street. 9:30. They're coming on. I'll be there. Um, They'll be there. No, we hit that. Hard nostalgia button when we covered uh, all the things that I've done by the Killers. All these things that I have done. Ding, 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 I have ding, that ding. on vinyl and it's a blue vinyl. No, Ooh. that's awesome. Yeah, it came with a T-shirt, and then the vinyl is clear blue. Is that the Hot Fuss album? Yeah, yeah Hot yeah, Fuss yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you got the whole Hot Fuss album on blue? Yeah. Ooh, all my vinyls are over there in the corner. I have every Zeppelin vinyl except for In Through the Outdoor because I don't want it. <laughs> and then um, I'm missing Zeppelin 3's cover, but I have Zeppelin 3's. I have the vinyl, but I don't have, like, the cover. Um, I don't know where I went with that. But anyways, hold up. Bros, we're, fif- we're 54 Damn. minutes in right now. Tight. Um, and I got to take a little leaker, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's come back in with some uh, little talk. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. Everyone that's listening, thank you for listening right now. We'll be right back because the power of editing. I'm going to pause this. It will be one second for y'all and 20 to 30 minutes for us. Okay, bye. And be back. Domcast episode 80. We're back, dude. It was one second for you. 30 minutes for us. <laughs> that was 30 minutes? At least. Felt like... Uh, it felt like 30 minutes. But you can't hold on. What do you do, baby? Can't hold on. Hold on. <laughs> now. <laughs> so this uh. was a song that you played a cover... And it went dope, right? Insane. We did. The first show we did was at 502. And I love, I hate like full blown cover bands. Or I don't hate them. I just, that's not my bag. But yeah. Um, 
we, especially for this show, we had a certain time limit. I forget exactly what it was, but we needed a little bit extra length and we didn't have, we needed basically one more song and we didn't have another original. And I was like, why don't we throw in, I'm a huge Killers fan, especially yeah. Hot Fuss. Yep. I think that's, that's one best of the best album. albums ever. Yeah, you listen yeah. to it completely through. Yeah, it's got Nostalgia like f- four or five bangers on there. It's just a more than that. Every song works. Yeah. If you listen to it, track one through like 12 or whatever the fuck it is, it's a concept album and it works. It tells a story. Well, that song in, sp- in, in particular has, in my opinion, the best bridge Oh yeah, yeah. I got, got sober, so I'm not a soldier. Um, I got sober, I'm not a soldier. Just a I bar got sober, I'm not a soldier. So we were like, "What covers should we do?" And and uh, we were trying to pick out a couple. And you always try whenever whenever I try and throw covers into a, a mix of a bunch of originals. I have two goals. One, does everybody know what it is? That's gonna be in the crowd, and then two, is it fun to play? Cause that's a big thing. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of songs out there that are like everybody will know. Yeah. But you're up there. You're only up there for 30, 45 minutes. Like yeah. you want to have a good time playing and stuff. And then um, we came up with that one, and we practiced it. It was Damn, in the practice. Like it was, it was fun. It was cool. But holy crap! Like playing that live yeah we thought okay honestly we thought that was gonna be okay we thought it was Mm -hmm. gonna be kind of like a filler thing yeah but you didn't know like everyone loves that song that song has been number one in england for like 10 years it's insane yeah and and we went and we and we played at that show and we have a lot of videos from i'm gonna post some some of the videos this week just kind of as promo for the show coming up on the 14th but uh, limelight 14th San Antonio, yep. Texas. Yes, we might play it again. It was just it was so much fun to play. Yeah, yeah why not? and like, why not? It was just uh, it was it was just a lot of fun. But we played it, and the entire five or two. First off, that show was totally sold out. Sold out. So it's a packed mm-hmm. room of mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. and we did not know how I was going to play. Shout out Jim Meek, five hundred two bar. Hey, also, shout out to Andrew Bauer for the genius behind transition between one song like we put a lot of thought into what we were going to end the previous song key on oh yeah okay well i so as like at a, at a musician's kind of standpoint yeah. uh since i do a lot of uh music directing mm-hmm. um with the church and stuff i'm really big on the numbers like you have do re mi fa so yeah so one two three four five um and a lot of chords are based off of that yeah. and i'm really i think people Subconsciously, they appreciate love GC and D so much. Well, I think whether they like it or not, if a song ends in a certain key, and either the next song goes into the same key or it goes into a tangent key, mm-hmm. like a G to a D or an A to a D, or, or like a G major to a D minor, it's like oh, dun dun dun. Yeah. So wow. people are people Shit are all real. wired in a way where, like, if music makes sense and it's harmonious, like harmony. To everybody, sounds good if it's done right, and it's kind of like you know in a mathematical fashion. With this one, we dropped it. Did we drop it or we raised yeah, it? Yeah, we we dropped it. We dropped it a half step. Drop down. So that, because the original key for the Killers is an F sharp, I dropped it to F because the last song that we were gonna do, F sharp. I think it was G. like a C or something, and we were yeah. able to 
land on an F. So the last song that we were going to do was going to be in C, and the four of that. You have this in your head the whole time. Well, I, I kind of just, I kind of felt it out. I think that way like a lot, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me. It's I'm not OCD or anything, but it's kind of OCD. Like I'm like I, f- I would feel a lot better. I'm OCD and ADD. And I shop at HEB. I feel a lot better if the set makes sense in that format. And it's one of those things where most people wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't get it. Yeah. If we, but if they we get it because song, they're enjoying it. But yeah. musicians are like, oh, wow. So basically the, the basic broken down concept of it is I changed the key of that cover <laughs> so that we can end it in one key. Big big and full and everything Boys, yeah. which ended up being a great thing because the crowd was like yeah. super into it and then that chord started one more the next song. song well it started the next song that we had yeah. and, and so it, it like flowed somebody. right in and it was just musically I mean like people that are really into that kind of stuff musicians that like it's just like eargasms and it was a lot of fun but eargasms I love that shit I mean picking out a good cover it's hard. It's kind of rolling the dice. Well, it's hard because there's a lot of songs you should never cover, like Stairway to Heaven, don't cover it. Uh, when I think about like uh, Leonard Skinner, Simple Man, there's one band that did it, and it was amazing. Yeah, they like, did. There's like certain people that shouldn't cover songs. Like, some, some songs I feel like are like, don't touch them. Unless you're top shelf, don't touch them. You know what I'm, I'm kind of a big fan of, especially here in the local scene. And I've seen, unfortunately, we had 2016, which I felt it was like, the death year of so many big musicians. A lot of bands broke up. A lot Prince, of things you got that yeah. guy from um, the Eagles, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn Fry. Um, so Which I saw the Eagles before he died. It was awesome. History of the Eagles. Story. He was Shout the out. balls of the Eagles. He was, you know. And it's hard to say who was the balls, though, because that. Well, I think it was either him or Don Henley or uh, Joe Walsh. Yeah, so you can't say. I saw him live, and Joe Walsh stole the show at the end. Really? They started playing Rocky Mountain Way, and everyone lost Joe Walsh had all of the licks. Oh, yeah. He had all the licks. I feel like I feel like Glenn and Don had all the they songwriting. Were, Don had the golden voice. First off, also doing that, and then being a drummer, and yeah. singing, like, to, to each his own. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the other Don that was kind of like the loser... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and they filled in. They had the uh, bass player too, that the Japanese dude, or Chinese or Asian. He or looks like yeah, Mo- the guy that can Mongolian. sing up in the stratosphere. Well, the old one quit the band before that, but yeah. But yeah, on that now, let's just let's get. We've been talking about music for an hour. Yes, and all the music heads are gonna love this. I want to ask y'all some questions now. Now I've been thinking about this, um, this last week. Because I ate duck multiple times <laughs> this last week, and I kind of re- I did duck with apple butter and parsnips. I did duck confit with like a herb salad and other root vegetables. I want to ask y'all, what is your favorite protein? Like I've tried to eat all the and like I'm not saying anything. Vegans, shut this shit off right now, especially <laughs> if you have a car with leather inside. Because you're not a true vegan if you have a, drive a car with leather inside. Oh, I won't eat a cow, but I'll definitely drive around in one. Go fuck yourself. So, I want to know, what is your favorite protein, favorite animal to eat? Because recently mine became duck. I feel like I could eat over chicken, alligator, cows, quail, 
pheasant. Well, I think that depends on like if if you guys if people have had all that stuff. I've had probably the most ex- not exotic, but I've had alligator and I've had frogs and I've had um, mm-hmm. shark. Yeah, one shark. time. But when I had shark, chewy. I was like thirteen, so I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am a big plant base. Like I, I'm in, I'm into all that. Um, also, I I just found this out today, so I'm just gonna say this on here. Um, you know, Beyond Meat. Yeah. That yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taco Cabana now has tacos. Yeah. Beyond Meat. That is Beyond Meat tacos, and I had them today. And I thought they were going to be crap. And they were a little bit over, uh, what's it called? Spiced? Over seasoned. Yeah. It was like they were compensating for something, but it was good. It was all right. Well, you still didn't answer the question. The, que- the answer to your question, I'm a, I'm a big... Um, Beef, pigs, chicken guy. Chicken? Chicken. Yeah. Fair. I can't, like, if I'm going to have a meal fair. that's like that's from fair. a high place... Shout out Stephen Camp. That's right. <laughs> Claw Daddy. Just kidding. <laughs> He thinks he's the quad daddy. Now if I'm gonna have a meal from like a good a good place, like let's see what they can do with the chicken. I'm down for that. Yeah, I'll be, you know, uh, chicken on the menu where I work right now at the Whataburger at the Pearl, but really, yeah, not even a water. Yeah, we can add we can add a little water chicken if you want, dude. When I was um, some fourteen or whatever middle school, um, I had a very drunk experience <laughs> at a Whataburger, and this dude was so down. For my drunk order, I asked for all four of the all-time favorites. Oh, nice. Was the A1 Thinking Hardy part of it? Yes. Oh. Together? A1 Thinking Hardy, um, oh, Chop House Cheddar. Chop House Cheddar. Barbecue uh, Chicken. The BBQ Chicken. Yeah. You know. And then the other one, uh, probably Patty Melt something. The patty melts my shit. I added extra patty to it. This dude was so down. Triple. I was like, I was like, hey, can you do this Never thing? Never thought of that. Dude, I want add extra patty at everything. I want all four of those in one sandwich. Homeboy was down. Hell yeah. Charged me like 13, 14 bucks. That's not even a lot at all. No, no. It's Put it on those like little deal. black, little black trays. Mm-hmm. Put every single one on top of each other. Held it together with a butter a knife. knife. Butter knife. Yeah, there you go. Gave it to me with a large. Wait fry. a second. I saw you. Was that a? Did you do a Facebook memory yes, post? Yes. That. I saw that, and I saw a picture of you taking a bite yeah, of that. Skinny boy. And that made me hurt. It was amazing. What do you mean? If you look at him trying to take it, it was. It was like the size head. of my face. Yeah, it was bigger than his head. Oh, that's why you just gotta go in a little nibble, nibble, dude. You uh-huh. gotta give it Australian kiss. But it also gave you the kind of vibe. You remember, like back in the day, college, three a.m. We got to just call it quits. We got to go to Whataburger. Mm-hmm. The police yeah. are over sitting in the corner. <laughs> we cannot act like anything's going on. Yeah, definitely. But I definitely just ordered more food than I'm ever going to eat in my life. You and get heartburn the- now you're old. Exactly. Well, I'm old, so y'all are so young. That's I'm the, the vibe I got. Man, from man. I'm the <laughs> oldest young old. man. You're, not, you're 30. I'm going to be 29 next week. He's 26. Six. Okay, so he's a baby. Yeah, but I live like I'm 60. Right now, actually, it's the first time I think I've podcasted without a robe. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Laundry day? It seems so official. So official, I need as well. I'm a tie. You know, it's kind of weird. But anyways, so Um, you would say chickens. Out of every food you can, every animal you can uh, eat. Hashtag You ever had buffalo? Have you ever had? I have had buffalo. I've had uh, bison. I've had bison up in... 
Wyoming. It makes sense. Camping up there. Okay. Which is incredible. And we actually that time that trip that we were up there I feel I feel like it's a it's an egregious thing to just make uh, roads all through Yellowstone and stuff like that because people can do that and they're driving through there and there's bison just walking across the street and they get hit literally when I was there this is probably like fifth uh, maybe like 11 or 12 years ago we're there uh, the car in front of us bison's crossing the street everybody has to stop and um, you're just <laughs> like oh my god this is this really beautiful thing but then that bison sees another bison <laughs> Across the street from him, <laughs> what, they, they start, start headbutting. Well, they start looking at each other, and they start doing the thing where they kind of put their head down. They put their hoof oh, in the, right in the gun, yeah. and we're sitting in the car, and we're like, "We can't move. We're we're gripped." Do I have insurance for bison? You know? Yeah, nobody does. Like, there's <laughs> and there's, or two. there's a car <laughs> in front of us, and there's a car behind us, and we can't move. And sure enough, as this one bison, we never got touched at all. But the car in front of us, this one bison, was looking at the other. And he was backing up and kind of putting his head down and putting his heel on the He's ground. Ready to go. And he was like, Ran I'm going to do it, man. Rev As it he was Ran backing beat. up, he slowly sits on the car in front of us so that the oh, car starts to go car. up. And you realize how uh, much that broken radiator mother effort weighs. <laughs> Broken radiator. First it was incredible, off. and then they ended up not fighting or anything. They just, they, you know, they went off and they're they just, just sizing each other up. And then the either. cars just keep going, and the cars nothing to a buffalo. As I got older, as I got older, I'm like, that's that just shouldn't happen. We shouldn't be there. There's like, you, yeah, you, have you guys seen the video of the of the the buffalo um, kicking oh. the girl up in the in the yeah. air? Probably, but I'm saying in general, like, I'm big in conservation. I mean, my grandmother. Biologists, I have an aunt who's a primatologist and all that. Very big into conservation. Yeah, there's parts of the world we shouldn't be in. We've invaded them. Um, At least I love being in Texas where there's still some space. And, you know, like going to Missouri, like you would run over turtles, box turtles. Just because they would walk over the street. We would try to save them. That's why we have a whole ton of box turtles at my parents' house because we'd save them every time. But just driving through like Oklahoma to Missouri – you run over turtles and it's horrible. They're beautiful creatures Damn. and it just sounds like a snap pee. Oh. It's it horrible. And you kill a fucking turtle that's <laughs> doing nothing just trying to get some heat. You know what I'm saying? But um, I I love all the animals, but I still eat them. I've yeah. eaten turtle. I had turtle soup in Louisiana. It was dope. At a place called Oceana. Okay, let's... Uh, uh, favorite... Meat. So you have you been around like the States? Some of them. Have you? Yeah. I mean, some. Do you guys have a favorite? Because I know every state, and which is one of the reasons I, I love tour, mm-hmm. is just you get to be in a different place, yeah. which even within the United States can be a different culture. Every single, definitely. You know, every state's a different culture. That's why they all vote different. Uh, and I love Louisiana for that specific fact. Like, there's nowhere else you're going to get the kind of gumbo with, or <sighs> etouffee, Damn. or. They give you the oysters on the bar top. And they shuck them on the bar top Jeez. and eat them on the bar top. Like it's and nothing. then when you're done with your beer, they just wipe it down. And the next person sits down, Damn. they shuck raw oysters on the bar top. There ain't nothing like it. And like they drink a beat of beer like we drink Lone Star. Huh. So it's like a beat of amber. Is like their I, love Star. I, oh, love, I love a beat. I love I love a beat. That's when I first it's found good out ass about beer. It. But to get it for two dollars a cup. And then eat oysters that just got caught that morning. Like give it. me all the BP oil in the world. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but so oysters. So 
I'm gonna go with you like bison chickens or your shit. Yeah, if I had to choose. Um. So I've had my bison experience was when we went on my honeymoon to Colorado, and we visited the Buffalo Bill Museum. And in that museum, they served bison burgers. Oh hell yeah! Nothing spit, nothing fancy with the spices. It was just like give you a plain ass burger with buffalo meat, and holy crap! Yeah, that's all you need. It was amazing. It was amazing. It that's was why I like duck. It's like it has the flavor in it already. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get mad at the Duck Dynasty guys. I'm like, oh, you found the <laughs> sweet spot, and you can Sorry. eat this every day. My my duck thing. Um, call me uncultured, but I like going to the uh, place in the rim. Uh, what duck? Whiskey cake. Whiskey cake. Oh yeah. Whiskey cake. They that have is. um Cajun duck wings. That shit's really good. I like whiskey cake. One of my favorite places for that. Um, Shout out to my boy Tim. What's up? No, uh, favorite protein. I mean, for for San Antonio's cuisine, I'd say. No, fuck San Antonio's. I'm talking about any animal you want to eat. I'd say I'd say pork. It sounds really general. Oh, I love all parts of the pig. Um, bacon, awesome, sure, great, but pork shoulder, pork uh-huh. butt, uh huh, pork like, belly, like pork loin. Put pork loin on a shish kebab. Oh. Good eats. Game over. Um, a little sriracha, a little cumin, oh, yeah, 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 a little for sitar. Sure, for sure. And <laughs> that's the thing. Like you can go crazy with the with the spices on pork, like. Pork carnitas, that's the number one meat of choice in a burrito. If you have the choice carnitas to get carnitas all the time. Yeah. in a burrito, carnitas is the choice. We live in a town as barbacoa and big red is yeah. a thing here. That's true. Oh, sure. barbacoa I've n- and I'd never heard about that until I moved here. Barbacoa and big red. And then you try it and you're like, okay. Yeah, I, I want diabetes. And I agree. Huh? Yeah. yeah. If, if I drink happen. a big red, though, I'll go into ketoacidosis. So, <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever had like Pacific Cod or, or someplace like from Seattle? Oh, or I've been have you ever been up there? to eat all kinds of imported fish from everywhere. Um, like one of my, I mean, I love Alaskan wild caught halibut, but you have to get it between like May and June. It's the best. Goes out of season after Labor Day comes back in season end of april if you can get some nice halibut during may all day um i like steelhead trout instead of salmon you know give me some peruvian ocean caught trout all day dude i've Um, always wanted to go over like visit the pacific northwest Mm -hmm. and do one of those things where you do the kayak and they have the the whales oh yeah just bump your bump your butt just scare the living like that's my phobia my phobia is water under (laughs) Under scary because you you don't know what's going on. Almost drowned like twice. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Um, but I think it would be a really cool thing. When my wife and I got married, we went to Hawaii, and we did the get in the Dang. cage with the sharks thing. Dang. Oh my, dude! God. I saw and they took a video of a shark like getting into that cage and just like I couldn't do it. Yes, I've I've seen that one. Yeah, that's what. Well, when we did it, it wasn't great. Why it was um. They weren't great whites. Black but tips, were, white tips. I mean, when you're down there, I mean, any shark is just your. <laughs> As a shark. And there was like 20 of them, and you're yeah. just like, Dang. and they told well, us you're like your food. You're like, oh. This and they told good. us that like Fish when you're down there, friends. do not put your hands outside of the out of the side of the thing, right? Be and done. I don't know up. what the hell is wrong with me, but when I was down there, and there's video of it because they you can buy a video. Dang. Mm-hmm. There's video of me, and I'm literally down in the cage, and I'm like, 
oh, he's almost right there. And I'm like sticking my hand out. Because like, he wants no. it. And my wife was underwater like, oh, like you know, bunching me like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> Sounds like the uh, teacher on um, the Peanuts. No, but I've I've always wanted to go up there and, and do that in Seattle. Um, well, the Pacific Northwest is great for wine as well. Oregon, Washington State, Northern California, mm-hmm. best Pinot Noir in the New World. You'd say that's where all the best '90s rom-coms also came out of. Oh, the '90 rom-coms. You said some shit about ser- uh, well, sleepless in Seattle. Because it's rainy and everyone wants to have love. They want to find love in a rainy <laughs> city. It's like that John Mayer song, City Love. Dude, some of his earlier albums, like, uh, there was, yeah. I, I mean, I, I loved I loved all that stuff. If you're, like, a big John Mayer fan, you have to give him time for certain things. Mm-hmm. I, there's, I don't, I mean, I don't love all of his stuff. But I really, really loved some of his stuff and some of the big stuff and everything. City Love was one of those ones where he was just transitioning out of um, the acoustic stuff. And you're like, what is he doing? He's got an electric guitar. What's going on? This is like Dylan plugging in. But then he's talking about like, she left her toothbrush at my place. Dude, once a girl leaves her toothbrush at your place. It's over. Yeah. Just done. Might as well get married right there. And I'm talking to two men who are married. It's amazing that you're playing rock and roll. You're married. Y'all are great guys. Fucking humble as shit for how talented you are. And honestly, I don't even think y'all's, y'all's wives are probably going to listen to this. And they don't know how, like, like y'all are so about it. Like, it's amazing, like, how you're family men. Yeah. But you're still creative. And you still want to be, like, you're still doing it. But you still have a family and kids. I can't, I can't remember. I my think, head I think they know. But I think, I mean, I can probably speak for both of us. Like, they're the side of us that is trying to keep the whole, let's keep this going, let's keep the music thing going and stuff. When you become married and you become uh, starting a family, which you both have, um, you cannot uh, vocalize that as a priority. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you still, if you're, if we Mm -hmm. both, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Chris, but... I still keep all of the music and everything as a priority. But once all that stuff happens, you have to kind of keep that in your head and you have to put your, your family first and everything yeah. first and everything. But you still got to try and not give up on all yeah. this stuff. But that's probably why they, they fell in love with you in the first place. Right. I, I mean, part actually, of um, my wife, when we first met, my she, wife, she <laughs> knew nice. of my, like, you know, involvement with the church and she had you know a whole other dream and purpose for her life but one of the things that just like made me just like fall in love like hard and knew that she was committed was like hey i want to help you do music and that's a beautiful thing it's a support system like none other and she and she's that way like she knows the connection that me and andrew have and that what we're doing with everyone, the community of our band and how we're like reaching other people. She's aware of how powerful and special that is. Mm-hmm. And she's about it. And another thing that we do now that's totally different than what we used to do. First band, uh, everybody's 19 and 20, barely making it into freaking venues. 
because mm-hmm. of age. Everybody's drinking up their noses and just um, having crazy nights. You're forgetting everything, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, literally, like, we are, we, he'll come to me and he like, uh, he'll be like, bro, I, I'm thinking about this one part. Can we get together this next week? Yeah. And let's, well, let's get together and let's figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, bring Theo, yep. this kid, uh-huh. bring your wife, and we make a night out of it. And yeah. we just have a family, like, communal. That's beautiful. Oh. And it just, so in, it's incredible. Something amazing that happened one time was, this dude is super big on, like, the voice memos. That's how we, like, capture our ideas and stuff. There was one time where we were, like, capturing a riff or an idea, a sound texture, soundscape. And and our kids, we they got together, and they're screaming, running around. And in my mind at the time, it was like, oh, my gosh, these kids are, like, they're kind of ruining, ruining. ruining the clip. Yeah. They were running around. His son uh, was running around the house, and his – or his son is how old? Three. He's three. My daughter's five. <coughs> I was just running around being. They're running around the house, and you can, hear, you can hear him in the background. We're trying to get this clip down uh, for a soundbite so that we can, you know, work on it later. And you can hear them in the background, and it's like kind of screaming, kind of not like just sounds like kids. And and and, and we're we're getting it down. It's super atmospheric thing. I've got this cool reverse delay going on. He's playing some atmospheric stuff, and it's just like really chill very somber not just um explosions 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 in the sky sky okay so imagine like a super heart feeling explosions explosions in the sky part and in the background we find out this later you can hear my son and her daughter running around and it's this very emotional part like your your heart's in this mood of what we're Mm -hmm. playing and then you have the sound of children, children like, in the back, like, like kind of yelling, kind of giggling, kind of yeah, laughing, like, dude, like all it, the it, human emotions. They don't know how. It is to. insane, dude. Like if we can capture that, like that is gonna put it on some other crazy level. Like I'm even. We're we're gonna that. try and put that soundbite on an album somehow. Yeah. Because we were just trying to get through that night. The whole the whole reason we got together is we were just kind of get uh, get through parts, get it down. So that we had them for later, and then we're gonna work on them later. Yeah. But that happened, and then we listened to them later, and we were just like, "Don't let Whoa. it be a cutting floor track. Like, use that." Yeah. Both of us, we were listening, and it's it's ambient guitar. It's uh-huh. both of us playing guitar, just no no vocals, no nothing, just ambient guitar, and then kids kind of playing in the background. It was just like, like mm, that hits you some kind of way that like you, I we never expected it. Yeah. And when we heard it, we were like powerful. We looked at each other and were like, whoa. Something just... It was insane. So this band has taken like a whole... It's totally different. It's more of a family vibe now, too. It's like It has been. Whether whether we have... Whether I... When I first started, it was just myself. And I was transitioning into, you know, whether you like it or not. If you have a wife and then you end up... uh, Over the course of me starting this project, I had my second kid. Whether you like it or not, when you have a wife and two kids, you become... Family and stuff, and it just so happens that the people that I picked, I didn't pick him because he also had a kid that was close to you know my kid's age. I picked him for his glorious, you know, God forsaken guitar tones because <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but it just so happens that all that played in together. Also, our keyboardist Nick has a son named Enzo, oh, who is a week older than my son Henry, 
Him and I literally. Well, Vincent, Vincenzo. We call him Enzo is like the nickname. I asked him. I was like, are we going to call him Zoe? And he's like, yeah, probably. He's named. Is it Vincent? No, his name's Enzo Degas. And the the last name is Drake. And uh, he named him after some painter named Enzo Degas or I forget what it was. Right. But well, I just don't like the nickname for Vincent in Italian, Vincenzo. You call him Enzo. Um, Domenico, you call him Nico. You know? We'll see what happens. Yeah. But him and I, <laughs> both, both, and his wife is also named Taylor. And uh, we, were, we were pregnant at the same time, and we were, like, racing to see who would have the How did it feel when you were pregnant? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that, I, I'm just playing. So, the expecting a child, though. That's, I mean, after the first one, is the second one a little easier? Um, or is it more stress? It, ours know. was not because our first one was – she was a godsend in every way. She's incredible. Easy birth. Um, she starts sleeping after two and a half months. Oh, wow. It was ridiculous. We were just like, oh, my God, this is how it is to be to be parents. You got it easy. We need to have some other ones. Like, it's not a big problem. Mm-hmm. Stuff. And everybody would tell us. They were like, that means – that your next kid is going to be spawned from hell. And uh, you're going to have all the problems and stuff. And sure enough, so Nora, my first kid, she's a, she's really small for her age. But she's a perfect baby, perfect kid, uh, incredible and stuff. And then we had Henry. And we had Henry five months ago. And he's already almost half her size. He's five, five month, months? He's five months old. He's wearing a year old onesies and clothes boy got a piece on him we have gone up five diaper size he's all he does is he eats he yeah. pukes a little bit he drools and then he just eats and then he Dude. sleeps and then he eats he lives a life but i, I don't want to have tank. cte but put him in some football make him if tight he ever end if he something. ever listens to this when he's older we nicknamed him moose <laughs> we gave him the nickname moose because um while we were pregnant my wife and I went through this weird phase where we watched all of Frasier. <laughs> we, watched, <laughs> we binged watched yeah. all of Frasier. And they like dog, good wine in that shit. There's too. a dog on Frasier named Eddie. That's like a Jack Russell Terrier. Yep. Well, in real life, that dog was named Moose. Aww. And we just loved it. So, and he's also he's huge. So, his name's Moose. I fucking love this. Man, guys, I wish we had more time right now. We could make this like a three-hour fucking podcast. Yes, really. uh, Limelight, November 14th. Doors open at 7. Get there early. They play around. Get there by 9. Yeah. If you be up there by 9. Uh-huh. Uh, Southpaw, follow them on Instagram. I'll have all the links. And they have their new single. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. You can also go to if you go to our Facebook and our Instagram. The song's called Runaway. Yeah. It's right there. You click on it. It's also it. our um website air quotes for uh our Facebook. Thank y'all so much for coming by. Thank you. I Thank really you. wish we could I really want to do like another hour. It's all right though. Go back to your babies, your mamas, your baby mamas, mamas. <laughs> and everything Go follow Sal Paul on everything We'll have all the links in the bio Trillist that I know And then Never gets November easier. 14th Limelight St. Mary's Strip San Antonio, Texas $5 to get in Dude, 
That's cheaper than what the hell you spend your money on anyways. On beer. Come in there. Have a good time. Dance. Peace. Party. And we go out like a light. Till the next episode, my friends.